it was like these uh, buildings in the distance, and we were getting like really confused because we were on vacation and we saw like 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 the you know like the Patronus towers from Kuala Lumpur, like the, those those twin skyscrapers that sort of uh, go up to a point. You know the ones I'm talking about. Like we saw those in the distance. And then maybe a little closer to us, we saw like the, the dome of uh, the dome of uh, Saint Peter's Basilica in Vatican City, and uh, like I was trying to get the flying car to work, and it just I could not figure it out. Like I, it was like almost looked it did look kind of like a DeLorean, kind of like from Back to the Future, but it was it was a flying car, almost like one of the speeders in Star Wars, you know? Like uh, it was like an open top and a silver kind of that sil- dull silver color, like a, like a DeLorean, and. Um, I was trying to get it to work, and I, I was not able to work it quite properly. We were getting around, but I, w- I wanted to go up higher to get a better view of those buildings. And my wife was like, wait a minute. Are we that close to, like, Europe? I'm like, I don't know. We're in Africa. We're in Uganda. Uh, Uganda, And, uh, like, I don't think that's, like, thousands of miles away. And, th- and wait a minute. Like, the Patronus Towers, is that's way over the other way in, in Asia. So... I'm like, I don't know. So, like, we're flying around in the flying car. Like, it, it, we're, like, flying through buildings and stuff. And there was one guy. I saw him. He was – I think maybe he was the guy that rented it to us or gave us the flying car. And I was trying to get back to try to ask him because there was this one control, like this handle. I thought you pulled it back to go up, kind of like an airplane stick. But it just wasn't really working that well. But we really enjoyed Uganda. It was uh, it was cool. Like, they spoke English just with an American accent there. It was, like, amazing. It was a great place to visit. There was one area where we, it was like it was like almost like a uh, like a castle or a museum kind of thing, and there was like a like a, a lawn and then some trees. And we're walking around. I'm like, you know, you, if you, you know, if you didn't know any better, you'd think you're in New Jersey or something. This is amazing. We're in Uganda. Is it Uganda or Uganda? I don't know. Uganda. Um, so yeah, it was a really cool trip. And I, I and I was saying, I think those must be like reproduction buildings that they built uh, here in whatever city in, in Uganda. I keep pronouncing it differently. Um, so I'm like, I really don't know. It's very strange. But, oh, yeah, the um, the guy that I was talking about was kind of like – he was kind of a James Bond kind of guy. Like he was – I don't know if he was trying to dress like James Bond or – I think it may have been like – it may have been like Roger Moore as James Bond. That was the guy that sold us the flying car. There was something about James Bond there. Um, maybe it had been used in one of the movies and, and they were just letting us use it because it was such a long time ago the movie was, you know. Anyway, later on, um, I was at the, at the office and this place I was working I dealt with a lot of celebrities, you know, and uh, so we, we never knew what to expect. So I'm in, I'm in the office and this guy pops his head in. It's Jonathan Winters, the comedian. He's like, oh, hello there. I'm like, whoa, whoa, Jonathan Winters, look, Jonathan Winters. He's like, oh, hello there. And he just like, he, he left. I'm like, wow, that was just Jonathan Winters. What? He's one of our clients too, right? It's amazing. And then I went into the next room, and I think Jonathan had, had gone. But um, Kathy Lee Crosby um, from uh, That's Incredible, if you remember her. Listen, you're not going to remember Kathy Lee Crosby unless you were watching a lot of TV in, the, in like the early 80s. But she was, she was the star of... Uh, that's incredible, along with Fran Tarkenton and John, John, uh, what's his name? John, John Davidson. So I was like hanging out with her. Like I was talking to her, ha- having all these conversations. I'm like, hey, Kathy, you know, and I was, I was asking her about like your TV career, you know, like on talk shows and stuff. And, and I, and I was going to say something like, um, like mention like a, like a random celebrity. Oh, do you know someone like, I don't know, like John Davidson. But I didn't re- really remember at that point she was on That's Incredible. 
then afterwards I'm like, oh, yeah, what about that show you were on? That's incredible. That was amazing, right? It's such a big show. But um, I, just, I, I need to ask you, Kathy, like, uh, you know, it, was it just a, kind of a copy of real people on CBS? And, and did, did NBC even have a show like that? I realized afterwards that NBC, real people was on NBC, and That's Incredible was on ABC. I got my networks mixed up, but... Um, yeah, so I was like just hanging out with her. Really, I really hit it off with Kathy Lee Crosby. Kathy Lee Crosby. Um, so anyway, she's like, "Listen, Frank, you know, I, I this is you know, the, it's funny you mention it because we're we're actually bringing that's incredible back. Um, and do, do you want to work on it, like as a, as a producer? Because I know you work for the company here, so you know, I would love to have you as a producer and, and work on on the show. You could even do some like." You know, like like reports and stuff for us. You know, you, you can be like an on-air personality, like a guest star or something. Like, uh, I, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. I, 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 wow. That's amazing, Kathy. I think I would love to do that. But, yeah, um, before that, uh, my conversation with her about that's incredible. I'm like, so so you guys were the only like, – you and Fran Tarkinen and John Davidson were the only hosts. Like, you didn't get desperate in, like, later seasons and bring on someone like – like a child, uh, 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 Peter Billingsley or something. She's like, no, no, we never had to do that. <laughs> Mentioned Peter Billingsley. He was on one of those shows, though. I think he may have been on Real People. When towards the end, they were getting like, like they, uh, the ratings were down, so they had to bring in this like pre- precocious child star to to prop up the ratings or something. I don't know. Anyway, so yes, yeah, she's like, listen, we're going to Germany. There's this, there's this, like, it's like the first roller coaster they ever built inside this cavern. And, uh, yeah, we're going to do a story on it because they reopened it. And I'm like, great, let's go. So I, I went with Kathy Lee Crosby to Germany, and um, we uh, <laughs> went inside this cavern, and it was incredibly frightening. It's this huge space, really dark, and there was, like, this roller coaster. It was weird because it was kind of miniature but kind of not, and it was, like, went up on on the ceiling, on the sides, everywhere. And there was this huge chain that you had to pull down to get it going, and then the chain would like swing in the dark. It was like a big, heavy chain. It could totally injure you if you if you were in its path. So I was like standing there. I'm like, uh, Kathy, uh, yeah, I don't know about this uh, story. And I saw some people get on this thing and like get launched. You pull the chain, it launches them up like through the cavern, like upside down. I'm like, this is. I, 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 are you expecting me to go on this ride? I, and I was like standing in this spot, and I was like, I couldn't even see the giant chain if it was going to come hit me or whatever. She's like, no, Frank, you don't, you, you, no, no, you don't need to ride it. You, you, you can just take notes. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. I don't want to go on this cavern roller coaster in Germany. And then I woke up. Yes, that was my dream two nights ago. Can you believe it? Jonathan Winters and Kathy Lee Crosby guest starring in my dream. That, what, a, what the hell? That was a great one. And I actually remembered it, too. I know I had a dream this morning, but I, the all memory of it faded away instantly when I woke up. It was very annoying. But, uh, yeah, uh, that was <laughs> that was quite a dream. Flying cars, cavern, roller coaster. Oh, my God. They went all out on that one, the, the dream people. They went all out on that one. They really, they, I think they busted their budget on that one. Yeah, it's a beautiful Thursday here. Sitting on the porch, have a little uh, C.A.O. Brasilia cigar. Anyway, I, I got an ad on some inter- online thing today for uh, a drink that I think I'm going to have to try to get. It's uh, Mr. Black 
mezcal cask coffee liqueur. And this is uh, this is like a um, coffee liquor that's been aged in an illegal mezcal cask. And that's illegal is, is like, you know, my, my go-to brand of uh, mezcal. Let's see what it says here. Pre- pretty cool uh, label on the, on the bottle, too. $60, though. That's, eh, I don't know. The spirit is Mr. Black Cold Brew Coffee Liqueur. The barrels are ex-mezcal oak barrels, and the tasting notes are nutmeg, spice, and roasted agave. So what is this, uh, Mr. Black? It almost sounds like Mr. Brown, you know, the Japanese coffee company. Or was that was that actually a Korean? Remember, wasn't I talking about that recently? The uh, Mr. Brown coffee. Yeah, no, that was from um, the how was that? Uh, the name of that company. It was like uh, something car. Uh, I can't remember. But the Mr. Brown. So this is Mr. Black. And the special edition. Um, from Oaxaca to Sydney, we took 30x mezcal casks straight from our friends, Illegal Mezcal in Oaxaca, Mexico, and found them a new home at our distillery. Mr. Black mellowed in these barrels for 12 long hot weeks through the Aussie summer, and the rest is unreal. And the result is unreal. Wow, so this is very limited. They only had 12 barrels of this stuff. That's why it's so expensive. A bold new spirit. The, this product starts life as our iconic Mr. Black coffee and spirit infusion. The flavor you know and love. Uh, well, I don't. I never had it. But why stop there? After resting Mr. Black and X mezcal casks, we added a touch of illegal uh, Hoven. I still I want to know how to pronounce Hoven, right? Hoven mezcal. The final blend brings notes of nutmeg, spice, and roasted agave alongside Mr. Black's signature Arabica coffee flavor. Skip the shots. This one is for sipping. Light a candle, put on your favorite album, take a big rock of ice, add 60 milliliters or one ounce to your glass, ponder the universe whilst you enjoy the incredible flavor of this limited edition. All right, maybe I'll I'll have to get this. They also have regular cold brew, coffee amaro, and rum barrel. Is this available at any stores, or I guess I have to where to buy? Let's see. Mm. All right, let me see if I can find it. Wow, they're saying they sell it at my local liquor store. Wow, <laughs> I'll have to take a look next time I go there. I don't know if they have the limited edition one, but anyway, they might have it. I never understand like the laws of if if you can uh, just buy it online, you know. I guess I guess you can, but sometimes they 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 need to have ID when they deliver alcohol to your house. Oh, I don't know. See, advertising works. I, it was an ad, and it, it was a product right up my alley. They probably have all the algorithms. They know I like coffee. I like mezcal. So two great tastes that go great together. Anyway. Uh, Last night I caught the uh, fourth episode of Andor, the latest Star Wars live-action TV show. Which, as I said last on last episode, is actually getting pretty good. It's not great, but it's actually better than most of the Star Wars stuff that's out these days. And this episode brought us back to Coruscant. Wow, I was so impressed. It was so amazing, so well done. Of course, Coruscant was a big uh, presence in the in the prequels. And I'd say for me, um, the bright points of Star Wars for me are, of course, the first two movies, 
Return of the Jedi was a bit of a disappointment. And then um, the prequels, as years ground forth, ground, years wore on, uh, I, I wound up really liking this, the prequels more and more. And I really do think they've aged very well. The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith, and of course Coruscant, the, the planet that's one big city. Remember that guy, uh, Rick Oley? It was like, he would just describe everything. There it is, Coruscant. The whole planet is one big city. Uh, it really felt really cool to go back to Coruscant. Um, really well done, as it's been taken over by the Empire now. And uh, so it's yeah, about, was it about 15 years since uh, the Empire took over. And uh, Mon Mothma who, of course, was one of the leaders of the Rebellion in Return of the Jedi, and she did appear in Rogue One, I believe. The red-haired uh, senator. She's she's in here, so she's a big character. And it's the same, not the original act, actor, but the, the one from Rogue One, I think. Which I, th- I find this all actually very in- encouraging, because the Star Wars shows had just been kind of universally awful, you know. But Andor is actually pretty good, and I just love, they really did a great job on Coruscant, um, it was very inspired because it was almost like this sort of brutalist architecture and like these an apartment building on Coruscant. Yeah, it was very well done. Again, if you're not into Star Wars, I wouldn't really bother with any of this. But as a Star Wars fan, I, I really, you know, love it. I remember that line that uh, Liam Neeson was like, goes up to the battle droids. We are going to Coruscant. Wait, where are you going to Coruscant? Um, that doesn't compute. You're under arrest. <laughs> See, if you're, if you're into Phantom Menace, you'll know that line. Uh, another TV show I started watching is uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners on Netflix. And uh, it's, a, it's a, an anime based on cyberpunk, you know, which was at one point a, a role-playing game back in the 80s. And, of course, the computer game which had an extremely rocky launch and is actually sort of having a resurgence now, partially based on this anime. And it's actually really good. It's a, it's a, well, it's a very well done... The animation is great, and it's, it's in Japanese. You can watch it with subtitles. I, I don't know. There may be a dubbed version. I know some people can't handle subtitles, but I do not want to hear a dubbed version. Um, it's pretty good. It just, you know, it follows this... It's kind of a typical story, this... This young guy, like he has all these tragedies in life, he's got all these problems, and he joins this gang of cyberpunks and does all these crimes and stuff, and gets implants and whatever. It's pretty good though. I'm on like the third episode, I think. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, I I have played that game, Cyberpunk 2077, and I I, I got it on Google Stadia, the game streaming service. Uh, and today they announced, I think it, was, it came as a shock to no one, that they're shutting down Stadia. From the very beginning, the moment they announced it as a game streaming service, that you don't own a copy of the game, you don't download it, you just stream it from their servers. People were saying, listen, Google has this bad reputation of starting projects and then shutting them down. So it's happened. They've made the announcement. Stadia is going away completely. Uh, it's the end is coming in January 2023, and what I think is pretty cool—they're going to refund all the money for everything you bought. Now, I, I think I, yeah, I think I did buy a controller or something, but then they sent me some. You could get some for free though, 
and then I bought a couple games on there. Not too many, but I bought Cyberpunk, and I probably spent like a hundred or two hundred dollars on games. So they're going to give all the money back. I'm going to get my. I'm going to get like a couple hundred dollars back from Stadia. <laughs> Maybe more. Maybe like two or three hundred dollars. I don't know. It's like. Uh, Yeah, so it's going to be like free money. <laughs> it's awesome. But but then I realized, like, the only game I really played on there... No, you know, there's two games I played I really liked was... Um, what's the other one? Someone where you, you ride the motorbike, uh, Trials something. I can never remember the name of it. But the Trials game where, where you have a motorbike. and you, So, like, I'm going to lose that. I got all my progress on that I'm going to lose. Oh, well, I'll live. <laughs> They're saying that you can save your game saves in some sort of convoluted Google takeout or Google checkout or something. You can download all of your data from Google. But then what am I, how am I going to load that into another? Well, I have to buy the game again with the money I get back from Google. I'm like, I, may, I don't know if I'm going to buy those games again. <laughs> but Cyberpunk, too. Like that game, to get to the point where you can just wander around and do whatever you want, you have to play through these missions and I it's very much of a slog to play through these missions multiple times you know you go in the hotel and that whole hotel thing I, I had to do that I did that twice I don't know at least I uh, at least I did romance that one what was her name um, the girl out in the, in the desert you had sort of like a cyber fling with her in, 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 the, in the tank <laughs> anyway what do you want but supposedly that game is uh is it it has resurg it has a resurgence because they've upgraded a lot of stuff they fixed a lot of the problems and um the the, the uh, anime apparently is pretty popular but of course incredibly violent in a way that i i find completely off-putting and so much like blood and gore and just people being chopped apart and shot in the head having their heads cut off and blown off by shotguns like no, that's not... I really don't want to see that, and it's not... I mean, I'm I'm tolerating it because I, I want to see the show, but that level of violence is just a bit puzzling. It always is puzzling to me. Do people really want that? What kind of society am I living living in? Does the, 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 this sort of depictions of ultra-violence are... Do people really want that? I, I, I don't know. It's, I kind of hope that it is some sort of conspiracy theory and people really don't want it, but I think people probably really do want to see that stuff. Ugh. Anyway, and sort of related to the cyber world concept, you know, I, as I talked about on last episode, you know, this uh, what lack of a, of a metaverse is really puzzling. As you know, I, I, I hopped into uh, Second Life a couple days ago on last episode, just just to take a picture of my avatar, Al Toco Steel, and uh, I was I just was really wondering, has anything really happened? And uh, I decided to look again at OS Grid, which is uh, the biggest virtual world or metaverse um, that's running on the most popular open source software, um, OpenSim or Open Simulator. I've been in OS Grid before, but I figured I would try it out again. That was early this morning, and I and I uh, I could have sworn I had a an account on the um, on there, but I I didn't. So 
I created a new uh, account with my uh, my name Doc Wolfmello, which is uh, that's the name I used real early on for my VR projects, right? Because uh, where did that come? All right, all right. so <coughs> that's that. The name Wolfmello came from um, this frivol I had. What's going on? You know, a frivol, like an idea that you can describe, and that's the final product. You don't have to do anything else with it. About um, a, a TV show, you know, like a horror host TV show where this guy was, um, his name was Count Angelus. And the show was Count Angela's Contraption. Remember this whole thing? So he was like a, a, a vampire who wanted to make movies, Count Angela's. And so he had this giant contraption. And so he would like f- feed in all these objects to try to make the movie. And then, you know, it was like one of the, it would be a prop uh, machine and a smoke would come out and there'd be like those electrical spark things. And then in the end, there'd be a conveyor belt. And this movie, like, covered with, like, banana peels and junk and garbage would come out, like, steaming pile of garbage. And he'd be like, oh, better luck next time. Let's see this movie. So, you know, showing those old horror movies. Um, Again, it was just completely an idea I just had. Um, But his his assistant was Wolf Mellow, like a a werewolf guy. And I just made up that Wolf Mellow, one word, as a – just as the name of his companion – I guess you could say it was sort of California themed, Count Angeles, like Los Angeles, and Wolf Mellow. Like people out there are very mellow. <laughs> I don't know; it's a bit of a stretch, perhaps. But anyway, that's where the name came from. And then, so then, more of my uh, frivols of uh, the Weasel Village Mall, which is uh, I've told a lot of the tales of the Weasel Village Mall on the show. Um, that there was this indoor theme park called, uh, you know, like Wolf Mellow Theme Park. And it was like this chain of indoor theme parks at, at shopping malls. And right around like 1980 when Walt, the Walt Disney was like out of business, like in that reality they bought they bought Walt Disney and took over Disney World and stuff. So Wolf Mellow like took it all over in that timeline. Again, this is all fiction. This is these are just ideas. And the guy that created the Wolf Mellow stuff was named Doc Wolf Mellow. And then the characters I had that were creating the night station ride, they uh, – they were sort of inspired by Wolf Mellow. And then there, there was a train ride that was a dark ride called the Wolf Mellow Express. So when I first started working in VR in 2013, like developing a VR demo, I didn't necessarily want to use the Night Station name. So I, I, I was just going to call it the Wolf Mellow Express. But then I figured, oh, well, I'm just going to use Night Station anyway. So, so I used the name Doc Wolf Mellow on OS Grid. Anyway. I went in there, and it's like, first of all, Open Simulator, which is open source, which is very admirable. It is based on Second Life, and this technology has really not improved much at all in 20 years. So it just looks awful, and the design of everything, like the way the 3D buildings and objects and the sky and everything it just it just looks bad it just the way it's always looked it's uh like crappy um you know very old school technology 
And uh, I thought, well, maybe there's some interesting places to go. But I tried so hard. But there's very little to do in there. Listen, it's not a company. It's like a, a volunteer type of thing. It's a nonprofit kind of thing. So that was really disappointing. I really wanted there to be more in there. And uh, <clears throat> there was very little going on. So it was very depressing. <laughs> I just, you know, as I was mentioning, like, I think this has such potential. Obviously, everyone's talking about the metaverse. But is anyone doing anything about it? <sighs> I don't know. But I was doing a little bit more research on the stuff I was talking about. So I think it, there, uh, on Second Life, back in the early days of podcasting, yeah, there was Podcaster's Island. And then there was the Curry Castle. That was Adam Curry's castle that I was talking about last time. <laughs> There's some mentions of it online. I mean, I could just build a, a one little grid uh, and, and, and connect it to OS Grid for the OnSug, but I don't know. I don't. Th- I think it would be. I don't. I really don't think it would be necessarily that worthwhile. The only purpose for it would be to sort of design the space. And then sort of reproduce the space in in what we assume is coming an actual modern metaverse that is is much better. I really can't stress enough my my view that the metaverse has to be beautiful looking. It has to be rendered richly, incredibly. It can't look like crap. It has to look good, you know. And I understand that the video games that do look good that it's an incredibly expensive process now to create a world like that with all the textures and the rendering, everything. And as I was saying about the game streaming services, you know, in theory, you could um, do a game streaming technology for a metaverse and render all of the visuals on a server somewhere but you wouldn't have to be limited necessarily to what today's games are capable of. You think about a gaming PC or uh, the latest Xbox or PlayStation, right? You could create a, a type of server that's twice or three times or four times as powerful as that to create uh, utterly incredible visuals, you know. But you'd have to ha- basically for each user, you they're using up one of those servers at any given time. So it sounds like it'd be very expensive or hopefully the technology will increase. But it's just incredible that we're at a point where this is really not happening in 2022. And how long have we we've been talking about this? I remember at one of those VR meetups, I, which I went to, I guess from 2013 up until 20, I don't know, 15 maybe. I don't know when I stopped going to them, but. Because I spoke at one of those events, had it in the Microsoft building across from the Port Authority bus terminal, and I gave a presentation on how I made my demo and showed that you really don't need to do any coding at all. You can just sort of, I was able to cobble it together for, you know, fairly, uh, you know, with the, the technique was fairly simple, just dragging objects around and finding a few scripts online. But I also brought in this magazine, this virtual reality magazine from like 1993, and it says VR is finally here. So I, I told everyone, you know, 
uh, this has happened before and it didn't happen. And it turns out it didn't really happen back then the way we thought it would. Anyway, as you may know, I've been watching Remington Steel. I'm up to episode eight, but episode seven, uh, I found this amazing scene where Pierce Brosnan's character, Remington Steel, or whatever his real name is, um, is, is talking about the movie The Shining. Check this out. I found this scene. I thought this was really cool. Damn. 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 What am I supposed to make of this? The Shining. What? Did you see The Shining? Did anyone see The Shining? Jack Nicholson plays a writer who agrees to become the caretaker of a lodge that's inaccessible all winter long. Unfortunately, he falls victim to cabin fever, becomes a stark raven loony, wants around with a hatchet, and does a lot of jokes about the Tonight Show. You see everything, don't you? At one point of the film, he sits down to write. The camera slowly circles him as he types. And then we see it. All he's written is one line, over and over again. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. He was blocked. He couldn't write anything else. So maybe, just maybe, our ghostwriter had a ghostwriter. Exactly. That doesn't change the fact that there's no motive for killing Mitchell Knight. All those people stood to lose by him. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. Such a cool reference. Yeah, I love this pot player. This is like a, a video player that just, it keeps track of where, like where, where it left off. And you can have the entire playlist. I had such trouble watching downloaded shows because this show... It's not really available anywhere. I had to download it off of uh, off of the realm in the realm of obtaining, as we call it. Yeah, I really, I really, this is a good show. So, when did that episode air? Let's see, episode seven. When did that air? That one. Hold on, let me see. That one aired. Hold on. Uh, November nineteenth, nineteen eighty-two. So a couple years after it came out. But yeah, the that character. The Remington Steel character is, is 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 like a huge movie buff and watches a ton of movies. So, yes, and and Laura Holt's like, did anyone see The Shining? I guess sort of referencing how it was kind of a bomb when it first came out, even though now it's a a classic film. What a great film! It's all about the the faked Apollo moon missions, I think. But who knows? Who knows what the truth is on that one? Anyway, um. I was, uh, I'm, I'm always, uh, working on my show art and trying to figure out like, uh, new directions for show art. You know, there was a time not too, too long ago where I would, uh, sort of make a ton of show art and kind of have it in, uh, you know, have them like three or four episodes of show art already done, but I've been doing it more in real time now, kind of like how I've been doing the other side as well. Um, but uh, I, I love the sort of the ex- explorations I go on to try to figure out the show name and the show art and stuff. So I was just looking at some old um, photos in my photo stream. And um, in 2013, I had a bunch of photos that I think were on a phone I had called the H. Was it called HTC One? <laughs> I don't know because I haven't heard a single thing about HTC phones in like forever, you know. Oh, come on, what's going on here? Yeah, the HTC One uh, announced Android smartphone uh, announced February 2013. So I must have gotten it. Yeah. Was that the one that had this weird, they had this weird like laptop thing you could plug it into? Hmm. Yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, wait a second. Yeah, the HTC One, that's the one I had. 
anyway, uh, they had this format where when you took a picture, it actually took a short video, which I think the phones do now anyway sometimes. I don't know when. Sometimes my current phone, which is a Google Pixel 5, will do it, and sometimes it won't. But they're, 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 uh, it was called Zoe, Z-O-E. Uh, H, it was their format. So I took a bunch of pictures in Zoe, and it was really annoying because in the backup of my uh, my Google Photos, you see the video, and then you also see all the frames were saved out as well as individual photos. Right, it's kind of weird. I uh, let's see, Zoe. I'm I'm a, I'm, assu- I'm assuming it's based on the zoetrope. You know, remember the zoetrope was that one of those first motion picture mechanical things? When you use your hold on, let's see. When you, you here, here here's a review from March of 2013. We're so far in the future. Let me see. Oh, hold on a second. HTC Zoe is a whiz at photo retouching. HTC Zoe is more advanced than any other gallery on a phone, and it was made possible by the dedicated image chip 2 that the one uses. When you use the camera in Zoe mode, every time you press the shutter key, the phone captures up to 20 full-res shots and a 3-second video. One second before you press the shutter key and two seconds after. All that information is required for the advanced features of Zoe. So that's the explanation of what's going on with it. So I have a bunch of those. And I I, I ran into uh, a bunch of those those Zoe's from uh, Tuesday, May 21st, 2013. Um, I guess my wife and I were driving down Route 17 in New Jersey, Um I think we got off Route 80 on the 17. And so, because I was trying to find where these were from. And so it was just sort of driving down the road. They were kind of cool, a kind of a cool look. So I found one uh, where we were in East Rutherford driving south on 17 South, um, sort of approaching the the Lowe's, you know, home improvement store. And uh, so you can see that that's today's show art, right? The Zoe has... 20 frames so it's five so it's uh four columns and five rows so i i i figured it might be a cool look to kind of just extract take all the frames and kind of make a show art out of it which is what you see on today's episode mineral flunky and uh, i thought it came out pretty well you know you sort of and you see like there's an exxon i'm, I'm trying to see yeah there's like an exxon that's coming up i'm trying to see yeah so the first frame yeah, we're driving by like a hotel, and then there's a shopping plaza. Yeah, it's really cool, and I and I saved it out. At, like the highest res one is at the, is at the full resolution for the frames. I just think it looks really cool. It looks almost sort of like a like a weird '80s album cover. Um, so that's the story behind that. I thought it came out really cool. So you're seeing all the frames. Um, yeah, and I decided to call this episode "Mineral Flunky," and the font I use is called uh, Electronica Stencil. And um, and at the bottom, I, I just did sort of like a... Sometimes I do like a tagline. Weird expeditions in late night sound. Um, yeah, so I think it came out really well. And there's kind of a tan background. Well, if you can look at the show art, you can see what I'm talking about. I know you may not have access to the show art at the moment. Who knows how you're, you're listening to this, when in any kind of a future. But there should be a piece of show art associated with this. Yeah, I really like this one. 
Um, yeah, it's just a cool look. Maybe Zoe was good for something after all. <laughs> um, the HTC One. Whatever happened? Let me just look. Whatever happened to uh, HTC Android phones? Oh, interesting. After having collaborated with Google on its Pixel smartphone, HTC sold roughly half of its design and research talent, as well as it as non-exclusive rights to smartphone-related intellectual property, to Google in 2017. Okay, okay. And here's another article: How HTC, Sony, and LG disappeared. Wow. I guess they're still around, but I, it's not something I heard of. Hmm. Can I go to their website? Like it was htc.com. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Crafting your next smartphone, HTC United States. Look, they still have phones. It's amazing. I didn't even know. But I, I am definitely have had such a great time with my Google Pixel. I'm definitely going to continue with the Pixels. But wow, they have the HTC Bolt, the HTC U Ultra, HTC U11 Life. Wow. What about what if I want to get an HTC Bolt? This page is unavailable. Uh oh. <laughs> That's not good. Your metaverse, your rules. Create your Viverse now. What? You can oh oh the HTC Vive. That's right. They did they did make a VR a headset too. I guess they're still around. Yeah. <laughs> your metaverse, your rules. Great. Um. Yeah. So anyway, the uh, so what's up with this name, Mineral Flunky? I really I think it sounds like a, what was that show title I came up with? It really sounded like um, it could be the name of like a, uh, a Japanese like clothing brand or a Japanese band. It has that kind of ring to it, Mineral Flunky. What was the other one that I, I made up that was like that? Um, a Guar Gum Opera. Remember that one? I think that was from twenty twenty. I, I love that title, Guar Gum Opera. Uh, so what? So. I do have this file where I jot down uh, notes for show titles. And I had something that was Mineral Funk. I, I really don't know where that came from. Um, I did have an episode called Mother's New Mineral Dream. I thought that was one of my best episode titles ever a couple years ago. But, uh, yeah, the word mineral, like mineral water, you don't really hear that that much anymore. I remember, like, mineral oil. <laughs> like, mineral is not really... Even that phrase, uh, people used to play 20 questions. Is it animal, vegetable, or mineral? I think the word mineral has been kind of uh, reduced in usage in recent years. Um, so mineral funk, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. That, it's, that kind of is not really a great title. But I, I started playing around with it, and I got to the word flunky. <laughs> you know, sort of, sort, sort, sort of like an assistant, like just an idiot that works for you, a flunky. <laughs> Mineral flunky. I just sound so good. I don't know if it really has any meaning. It just sounds great. And it kind of works with this this image of driving down a highway in 2013. Mineral flunky. Listen, it all makes sense at some kind of level, doesn't it? Anyway, let's try to, let's, let's go into the OS grid here. Let's just say... Yeah, I'm using the Firestorm Viewer, which is... Uh, I guess it, it's a program that where you can enter a bunch of different Second Life-based... Metaverses. Let me see. I'll go to OS Grid. Uh, what was my uh, password again? <laughs> Maybe I'll find something good this time. 
I mean, this is a me an open source metaverse, and you know, it's loading. Of course, it is. You know, I talked about last time. Like, we really need to get a point of technology where we don't have loading screens. Are we ever going to advance past loading screens? Can it just be loaded already? For God's sakes, I just want to. I, I don't want any more loading screens. Okay, where am I here? Let's see. Oh yeah, there's a there's a, a a place here where there's all these free vending machines you can buy. So I buy a cool bunch of cool vending machines, virtual vending machines. Let's see, they have uh, sun chips, Fritos, ro rolled gold pretzels. Those are always good. Uh, some cheese. It's any drinks? Yeah, yeah. Let's see, Nesquik chocolate milk, Red Bull, Pepsi, Hockney water. What? Hockley, Hinkley water. <laughs> what the hell? Can you hear? Is there sound? I don't know. Where am I? What like grid am I in? I'm in Wright Plaza. You know, I remember walking around this this plaza a number of years ago. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm in mouse look view, so I'm just like in this virtual world. You can move with WASD, and I don't know. It just it looks like crap. It looks like you know Second Life always looked. I mean, it works. It's 3D, but I guess I should put my fan on. Here is the mighty Wurlitzer. I don't know. I'm going in a store. There's an anime girl outside. Oh, no, it's just a cutout. It's not a real person. There's usually no one here. There's no one in these grids. Uh, I can go up the stairs here, go to the second floor. There's really not a whole lot to do in, in the OS grid. I don't know what to say. I, I know there's like events and stuff. Grand opening. Now open. Stop in for great deals. Everything must go. Loot. There's so, I do enjoy the feeling of just wandering around like empty virtual worlds. OS grid Friday party starts September 11th, 2015. Wait. <laughs> 2015? Dear God. No. <laughs> it's a long time ago now. Oh, wow. Here's here's some virtual dude on a toilet, but he's just a model. He's not like a real person. Do not use store toilet. Yeah, this is like, this is so old school and not in a good way. Let me see. No hate. They're selling lamps. But let's go out on the balcony here. You know, like, the, the metaverse should just be so much more than this. Can I, all right, let me just get out of here. Let me, there's, 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 let's see. Let's go to the official welcome station. Let's teleport. And there's a loading screen. Of course there is. When you're using 20-year-old technology, there's going to be loading screens. I don't know what to tell you. Let's see. Oh, get out of here. All right. Yeah, let me see. I, th I remember there were some people here before. <laughs> yeah, and all the, you know, all of the images are popping in. Am I in run mode? I, 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 I'm walking so slowly. No, let me go into run mode here. Where am I? This is not where I was before. Let's see. 
I'm going through a tunnel. It's like it's like we're on the I think we're on the moon. It's like a moon base. No, this is probably not. I must have been somewhere else before. Hold on. We're in the, we're in the the metaverse. Let's see. The welcome station. Sandbox Plaza, Event Plaza. Where, where did? But I thought there was. Let me let me go to the Event Plaza. No, I was in like a welcome area before. Hmm. I'm just, I'm just, just, I'm just like on a beach. I, I this is really. I mean, it's a real drag, but I mean, it's like the only game in town. So what do you want? OS Grid presents a 2022 auction and fundraiser, pirate-themed, Yar R, September 26th through October 2nd. Oh, so it's happening right now. Okay. Are there any people here? No, of course not. Oh, wait, there is someone here. Lady Joe Martin, the owner of the Castles of Rose Red. Wow, there's actual people here. Can they hear me? Can you hear me? I don't think I, I don't think I have the microphone on. Oh look, look! Here's the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> what? Wednesday. The schedule for yesterday. They had all these DJs: DJ Aussie, DJ Verna, all these DJs. Who? Someone just blew a lot of bubbles. Listen, we're in the metaverse, okay? Is a dunk tank. This is this is the place to be, I, I suppose. I mean, there's a stage up here. Elmo Figaro. There's Deanna Janice. There's actual people here. I, I should I te should I uh, text to them? I don't, I don't know. I want a good metaverse. I don't want this one. <laughs> I want a one that's good. There's all this pirate stuff all around. They're dancing. I remember you used to be able to dance. You used to get like dance moves in Second Life. Oh, it's cool. They have something like a like a projection on the ground. OS Grid Inc. Are they incorporated? Alright, I'm flying now. Is, is, it, is it considered rude to fly? Oh, oh, that's cool. I saw that before. It's like a giant skull with one purple gem and one red gem for its eyes. I'm really getting flashbacks to uh, Second Life. But Second Life still exists. It's just, you know, it's not open source. So, Oh, there's like a giant octopus here. Okay. So when is the next DJ coming to perform? I'd, I'd like to see a DJ. Oh, cool. There's, uh, there's Neptune out in the water there. A statue of Neptune. And some frolicking... Mermaids. Oh, here's the pirate ship. Can we go to the... Let's go. Can we go land on the pirate ship? <laughs> I flew inside the pirate ship, but it's all empty. It is kind of an empty experience. Oh, there's the moon. So, are these people really here, or are they just like... They're not really moving around. I think they just sort of are... Oh, there's two people dancing. Rocky... 
Hold on. Let me land. This is ridiculous. Stop flying. Uh, what are their names? Rocky Road and Scylla T. Brook are dancing. Here's a pirate woman dancing. Yeah. Bunch of barrels lined up. A lot of them don't have any collision, so you can just go right through them. And there's weird little, like, pirate cartoon characters walking around. Alright, I've had about enough of this. Let's see, can we go to... I thought there was, um... Some kind of a... Some kind of a cyberpunk place? But how do you... Can you search for... Hmm. I don't know. This is kind of a drag. Ooh, someone's just talking to me, I think. Oh, maybe it's one of those weird cartoon characters. Yeah, I, I can't find any, any way to, like, search or... Like, I want to find a... There's a place called Cyberpunk, which I think is unrelated to the other Cyberpunk. You know what I mean? But, like, there's no way to search for for Cyberpunk. You know what I mean? Like, how how can I even go there? There's a map, but... Hmm. Yeah, that cartoon character's, like, laughing, like, maniacally. What's going on? Let me see. Yeah, it's like, it's, you, like, yeah, there's not a lot going on here. Free BSD Island? Like, how can I go here? Urgh, it's getting annoying. Okay, so there's a site called OpenSim World where you can search for regions. Right, let me look for this one then. But how do you go there? Let's see. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I think I found the address. I think we can teleport there now. Hold on. No regions found with that name. Great, great. Really, really well. This really works great. No, no. Okay. <laughs> Why do I feel like I'm back in, like, uh, 2013 now? I don't know. I found a place called CM Art Freebies. That's the only place that came up for Cyberpunk. Yeah, this is really not, yeah. Really not. Like I, I want. There's a place that exists, but I can't even go there. Oh, ridiculous. All right, I, I got to Cyberpunk. I can't believe it. Yeah, I had to uh, sort of figure out. I found a link to one um, region, and I had to use that uh, the way that it was formatted. And I just put wrote in uh, Cyberpunk, and it and it worked. They don't make it easy, but I'm in cyberpunk now. And of course, everything's popping in and building in, so. It's like a train station? What's going on? I think this is an adult-oriented train station here, so. There's someone here named Akira Buck. 
but I don't know if any of the people here are like there's actually someone sitting on a computer somewhere like I am like uh, controlling the character or they're just sort of like automatically there I, I hear people moaning uh, what's going on I'm stuck on the train tracks alright The region is loading. I guess we just have to wait, wait till it all loads, you know. Oh, it's so aggravating. I think I'm stuck, like, in the ground or something. Hmm. Hmm. Restricted area. Keep out. Okay. What? Uh-oh. I think I violated the uh, protocols or something. I was trying to get somewhere coherent here. I th I'm stuck in some sort of tunnel. But it's see-through, so I see the city, but I can't get there. I'm like stuck here. I, I don't know what to do. Uh. I hear something, but. Oh, I fell in the water. I'm underwater. No! <sighs> Alright. Let me. Let me, uh. Let me re-teleport re to this, to the place. No, I'm at the bottom of some sort of polluted, polluted ocean. Anything? Can I do anything to escape? This is, this is really, really aggravating. Alright, come on. Is this the puzzle to figure out how to, like, escape the train station? Oh, I'm making progress. No, I'm not. This is ridiculous. It feels me. Alright, I teleported away and then I teleported back. So, maybe this will help. No, it's really not helping. There's an arrow pointing to like where I should go, so Yeah, this is really not making much sense. Maybe there's a reason that you can't really get here because it just yeah, it doesn't really work. And I fell into the ocean again. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, man. I'm not doing too good here. I wanna see if I can like what is that place that I started off? This is really pissing me off, because... Hmm. Oh, maybe it was the main lounge and... Hold on. The, the lounge at LBSA Plaza? That may have been where I was. Yeah, I think this is, this is where I was. Okay. I like that I revived Doc Wolf Mellow for this purpose. 
Yeah, so that was at LBSA Plaza. But why is it so hard to get to any of these places? I guess you gotta just wait for everything to load in because it's like when you first go to one of these regions, everything is popping in and it's very confusing. The state of the metaverse in 2022. Oh, look, there's Star Fox from the Nintendo game dancing around. But I don't think it's a real person, though. There's no, there's nothing above their head to say who they are. But there are some people here. Mark Rothschild. N-L-A-Z-E. Z-E. But they're not really moving, though. <laughs> All right, this is this is ridiculous. The fundraiser, those weird little pirate cartoon characters. Click box for landmarks. Landmarks of places to visit. Oh, okay. That looks good. No? Am I not clicking it properly? <laughs> There's a places to visit January 2022 inventory in your folder. Yeah, it's already like almost October here, guys. Come on. All right. I I, I think I just I need to give up. I I, I feel like <laughs> I want to try to do something with this. It's the frame rate is just pathetic. It's just awful looking. Oh my god. <sighs> you know, I'm sure there's some other 2022 that has a really good metaverse. <laughs> this is as best we can do now. So another thing I started watching, I'm, I'm watching too many things at once. You know, I, I should just focus on one TV series at once, but I just jump around. I started watching Dirty Pair, um, this um, anime sh uh, show originally from 1985. And I remember, I've, I've told the story a few times, I, I went to an anime club in uh, at some community college here in, in New Jersey. And they were showing an episode of Dirty Pair, which I guess was rather new back then. There were no subtitles, so a guy was just sort of describing what was going on. Um, so it's uh, Kay and Yuri are the two members, and, it's, and here's the premise from Wikipedia. Kay and Yuri are two members of Trouble Consultant Team 234, codenamed Lovely Angels. Almost every mission they are involved with ends up in disaster, though not, though not failure. They typically capture their target fugitive, but end up destroying a city in the process, earning the nickname the Dirty Pair, a moniker they openly hate being called. They are always cleared of any wrongdoing by the 3WA central computer because the extreme collateral damage is never actually determined to be their fault, although their mere presence tends to worsen the situations for which they are hired. <coughs> in some, but not all, continuities, they have joint extrasensory perception powers, Usually limited to precognition, this talent was the reason they were recruited in the first place. Oh, I didn't know that. <clears throat> and uh, Kay is a hot-headed tomboy with red hair and tan skin who wears a silver-white uniform. She favors large weaponry and prefers the, to shoot first, ask questions later. The more aggressive of the two, she is attracted to manly, muscular men. Yuri is of Japanese ethnicity 
and wears a golden yellow uniform. She often uses non-gun weaponry such as energy whips or throwing cards. While the more feminine of the two, she is known to become very violent when crossed. She is the more bottom-heavy of the team and is also a coy flirt who prefers cultured, refined men. Her most recognized weapon is the Bloody Card, a technologically enhanced throwing card that can be used to take down several people at once. But they also have this, like, giant, like, pet bear cat creature. Where's that one? Why don't they mention that one? That creature they have. Hmm. Let me see. Okay, here's, here's Moogie. Hold on, I had it. Moogie is a genetically engineered animal that accompanies Kay and Yuri on their cases. In the novels, Moogie looks like a fierce black panther with noticeable tentacles. Hold on, I keep losing the page. Noticeable tentacles attached to the shoulder blades and forelegs. In the first episode of the TV series, we see Moogie's tentacles, but after that, they never show up again. Oh yeah, Affair of no- on Nolandia. Remember, I talked about that on this show, too. Yeah. Dirty Pear. It's a good show. The animation is beautiful. I mean, the style, that, the style of uh, Japanese animation in 85, wow. Just amazing. Has that hand-drawn look, that rough, rough-hewn look. Let's see if we can find some videos of Dirty Pear just to see what's going on here. Badass moments of Dirty Pear. It's stressful to, to, to be in the future and have a giant bear and destroy cities. Yuri beating up everyone. Why didn't you come help me? I was caught in an explosion. They're fighting some sort of weird giant fat guy. Nice play. To celebrate. Her necklace is a weapon. Yuri, close your eyes. That's a flashbang grenade. What's going on? Is this rigged? Please stay calm. It'll be fixed immediately. The video circuits seem to have been burned out. I don't need any explanations. Just fix it. Hurry up. She's a wire and she like strangled him. More violence. What am I supporting more violence in media? She had a boomerang laser bracelet. Let's do a bomb at them. Good stuff, right? Why so violent, though? (laughs) 
Oh, what's this? Just two days ago, Rush appeared to uh, tri- a tribute to Taylor Hawkins from Foo Fighters. They played YYZ. Wow, obviously the different drummer, but what a great song, YYZ. I like that. It's been my dream for Fish to play YYZ, but, you know, that hasn't happened yet. It's just YYZ, which is the uh, airport code for Toronto. Uh, Ontario, Canada, but um, they they call the Z Z up there for some reason. They can't help it. They have the British influence. They call it a Z instead of a Z. You know, here in America, we got past that. We call it Z. Z's dead, baby. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and here's another vid- a video. I found it. It's uh, this this young Japanese girl that can play Y Y Z on uh, on this one uh, keyboard. This must be yes. What was it say? Fourteen years ago. It's a really one of the most impressive videos. Fourteen billion dollars. What? Are you insane? It's a political ad. Yeah, there she is. This is such an amazing video. That's a Morse code for YYZ, I believe. Yeah, it's an amazing Japanese uh, synthesizer or organ or something. Does it have samples in it or something? One of the best songs ever. It's an instrumental. There's no lyrics to it. the comments on uh, 11 years old arrangement was hard and so both both footwork on bass line <coughs> nice ooh starting, the sun's starting to set look at that the sky looks really cool with like yellow clouds on a blue sky Yeah, re- revisiting the past, the recent past, somewhat recent past. Um, listen to the Central today. It was just me and PQ talking about the year 2010. And it's just what, 12 years ago, I guess. And uh, yeah, so much of it, as PQ said, so much of it seems um, much longer ago and some of it seems much more recent. Uh, and then, you know, the 2013 stuff I was talking about the HTC phones and the Zoe videos and everything else. It feels like all of the stuff that people were concerned with back then, the technologies, 
and everything else is like irrelevant now, right? It's like sort of like it doesn't really matter anymore. Like we've moved past it, but um, and there's also so much like one big topic I think that is kind of is going to become a bigger topic. I think is um, smartphone games. And how they just sort of disappear. Like, so I, I had a couple games that were uh, Pachi Slot from uh, Japan. And when I upgraded to the new version of Android, they don't work anymore. Right? And there's no way to get them back. Like, they just crash. Um, a world of video games that are just being lost. And I'm sure you there are people that have emulators. I know a lot of people collect the APKs, which are the, the program files for Android, for example. But vast amounts of just stuff that's just lost right if you can't play it anymore and does anyone even remember it you know um things just being lost but one thing i so by one thing that really gives me comfort in a way is that the audio format is sort of uh future proof in a way right the idea is that sound and the spoken word is uh you know and as it's preserved um, yeah, the form may be different, a, a, a record, a cassette, digital files, what have you, but sound is sound. And uh, I suppose the one thing you could say is that um, the language I'm speaking, the words that I'm using, uh, you know, I must, you know, let's just, want, I wonder, like someone in a hundred years, like I imagine if I heard someone talking like this from 1922, it would be pretty understandable. Maybe they would have some slang terms or things that I'm not familiar with. But in general, I think I would understand what they're saying. If they're speaking in a language I understand, which I pretty much, I only understand English. I mean, I dabble in a few other languages, but not enough to be conversational. Not at all. Uh, I took some Spanish in school and some French, but that's about it. Anyway, um, but then if you go further in the future, you know, maybe English becomes, it's no longer spoken um, right, and all the references I'm using to things, the things I'm saying, there's less of a of an understanding. But I do think that, as I've mentioned many times, I do think that um, and a the, that the coming AI systems should be able to do perfect translations. Um, from not just the words I'm saying, but my inflections and the meanings and the slang terms and the turns of phrase and and the words and stuff. Uh, can be translated, right? So it's something that I believe can persist uh, on into the far future, right? I, I know when I talk about I, I really love to think about people listening in the far, far future. And, uh, you know, I understand that in a 1,000 years or 2,000 years, probably if they were just hearing this recording raw, they wouldn't understand what I'm saying. Either they don't know English or English has changed so much or whatever new language they're using. Um, but it, I do believe it's something that can be, as long as there are systems that can translate it, I think they'll be able to listen. They'll be able to hear my voice with my inflection, my tone, and my meanings translated into their um, chosen language. And I do think that this technology, which does not yet exist, uh, will also, you know, people can listen to the ANSUG no matter what language they speak. If they don't speak English... Oh my God! The sunset is looking so—it's amazing. Oranges and pinks—it's amazing. Let me, let me, let me, let me grab a quick snapshot of that. 
somehow this this never looks as good on the phone as it does in real life. Yeah, it's not even really picking up those clouds. Let me see. Oh, there you go. Okay, that's pretty good. Beautiful sunset. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully the uh, the audio is, is, is a more of a future-proof or more robust uh, format. As, as, as you can say that what I'm, I'm, I'm doing here as I'm, as I'm talking is it's, it's, it's basically I'm presenting a series of meanings that, um, right, humans uh, connected to the, uh, the system of understanding meanings, whatever the nature of that system is, as long as this is uh, translated into a form they can understand, we'll still be able to get it. You see what I'm saying? I think, I think so. <laughs> anyway, I was thinking about that. And something else I was thinking about, as I mentioned, the extreme violence in movies and TV shows and video games. Could there be a, a, um, a new human activity that could become a part of these things that is not violence-based, right? Uh, and I think that exploration could be considered an angle for that. But I was thinking about, for example, my uh, night station concept, the latest iteration of which is um, that it would be, uh, you know, kind of like an, uh, an amusement center in, in the metaverse, like a, like a Dave and Buster's kind of arcade. Um, but it would have a feature that would involve collecting experiences as opposed to a violence-based thing. I recall that in San Antonio, and I think also in Agra Falls, there were these dark rides, and uh, they both had, like, guns mounted on the car so you could shoot at the targets. It almost seemed like just a ride where you saw stuff wasn't engaging enough. You had to shoot things, right? And I'm really... And I remember when I was doing Night Station back in 2014, I, I, I said one of my goals was not to not to like attach guns to the train so you could start shooting things that you see on the train ride which does seem like it would be a uh, though no I didn't it didn't get far enough for it to even become a suggestion but um, it just I just sort of feel like we need to get past this idea of uh, everything has to be based uh, every form of entertainment has to be based on like hello How you doing? doing good has to be based on like some kind of uh, uh, violence, shooting things, punching things, whatever. So uh, um, the idea of like these arcades and and the the train ride that would be a part of it, a, a little ride you go in this little train and you go into these tunnels and these different scenes and stuff. How can you um, make that more engaging and more of a game like? And one aspect I always was talking about back then was that the uh, the scenes you ride through in the train ride in the night station virtual <laughs> amusement center um, would be constantly sort of changing. Like, they'd be scenes that um, would have many different aspects. So there might be, like, um, you know, a certain uh, 
certain things that you would only see like once maybe once every like two weeks this thing would show up for like one minute in one of the scenes right that there'd be a lot of different configurations and that you could um it would reward multiple multiple riding of the ride in terms of recording what your experience was that is um collecting experiences rather as a basis for a new kind of game system i know that they there are games like that a lot of you know 3d platformers which do have violence you do fight enemies but they also call them collectathons like banjo kazooie and ukulele those kind of games um I didn't. I, I got ukulele. I didn't really get into that much, but anyway, uh, which is it was definitely a, a super inspired by Banjo Kazooie on the N sixty four. But anyway, but to me, it would be like because it's in a metaverse. There's things you could do that you can't do in the real world. So that is that like there there could be you don't have to maintain it. It's just something that you get from Night Station that always keeps track of what your Night Station experience is. That is, what scenes did you see? What rare characters did you see in the scenes? You see what I'm saying? Something like that. A way of recording it and um, <clears throat> some way of representing the uh, the experiences that, that you've had. I know, I, I know it's kind of vague, but it's just a direction for an idea of a type of game or a type of uh, you know digital experience that there might be a little bit more engagement to as collecting experiences. I know I know I'm not describing the idea very well, but it's something that I you know I don't know that I'm going to really I don't have any plans to work on it anytime soon. It's just if I were to create these metaverse amusement centers, I wanted to do something more than just set up an arcade or you know whatever i wanted to uh try to come up with something uh revolutionary for god's sakes yes anyways with that i'd like to say thank you so much for patching in to this episode of the Overnightscape. without you listening uh, these uh, the audio represented in these ones and zeros and the digital information would just sit there they wouldn't be doing anything but by you listening you're 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 almost like we're creating a uh, almost like a patch cable connecting your reality and my reality while you're listening to me we're sort of synchronizing our realities man yeah so anyway yeah i'm your host frank edward nora here on the onsug a radio station inside a book that is the concept and i do think in the virtual world onsug will be inside a like it'll be a giant book that we go into and that's our studio <laughs> something like that just go to onsug.com for all of your onsug needs. O N S U G.com. You can buy the book, download a PDF, and you your voice can be on this channel as well. There's a every week there's a show called Overnightscape Central and P- Mr. PQ Ribber out in Truth or Consequences in Mexico puts it out each week. As I mentioned this past week's episode was 2010 and the next one is about ways to de-stress. What do you do to relax and relieve the stress of life? If you have anything to say, please do. Just check out the latest episode for all the information you need to participate. Record some audio, send it into PQ, and your voice can also be in this archive. The OnSug is a very unique project. It is a non-commercial project. We have almost 13,000 hours of audio 
all preserved. We're really focused on people listening in the near and far future, as I was talking about before. And we have this sort of unique rampling style, and it all makes us very unique. Uh, this is definitely, you know, even though in the early days I was sort of trying to, and I was on like, you know, the very uh, beginning days of podcasting, I was on like the, I was always on like the the charts in the top fifty of podcasters, the podcast alley. Like I, I was there so early, but I think as time went on, I, I certainly uh, we we have sort of dug this underground world for ourselves, so we're rather obscure at the moment. But you know about us, and that's good. So, and I feel that the material we're adding to the Ansog all the time is kind of like a book. Like imagine. A novelist is writing the great American novel. In the process of writing it, maybe they're sharing some pages with a few people here and there, but right, it's all in the process of creating it. So we're creating this enormous audiobook, so to speak, that's, again, soon to be 13,000 hours or a year and a half in length. And this is the work, the radio station inside a book that will continue forward. right? So I'm not as super concerned with uh, listener numbers currently, because we're creating something amazing that is is uh, growing all the time, and is a single work that is going to uh, and that is already the scope of it is amazing. It would take years and years to listen to. It really is a lifetime of listening pleasure. Check it out, onsug.com. Anyway, as we do each time, we're going to uh, we're going to get a bit funky with the flunky. The mineral flunky. <laughs> Wait, that's this episode. No. Well, this is part of this episode. We're going to get funky with the flunky here in The Other Side.
This week, Webmania goes to the movies. Here's Ken Shaw with your cool ticket on What's Hot. Thank you. Now, if you want to buy popcorn, of course, you have to go to the movie theater. But you can get lots of movie previews, reviews, and fascinating facts and information about movies on the Internet, where you can dig in without the popcorn. The new film, Volcano, is already drawing millions to theaters across North America. But if you want to look behind the scenes, take a look here. Websites are becoming an integral part of the promotion of a film. Before going to this movie, you can even take the role of Tommy Lee Jones' character and play a shockwave game where you try to keep a Hummer one step ahead of advancing lava. And do you want information on your favorite star or movie? Film reviewer Brian Johnson of McLean's, who's also online with Canoe, says the old way to find information on movies, new and old, just doesn't cut it anymore. I used to have to root around in a big fat guide like this. And it's not cross-referenced, you know, in, in like, like the web is. But the great thing about the web is you click on the name of the director, and then all of a sudden you get his whole filmography. The hot-linked nature of information on the web is very useful for moving around in what is a very complex uh, yet interrelated body of knowledge. Next, travel the keyboard to the most comprehensive free source of movie information on the Internet. Roger Ebert calls the Internet Movie Database one of the most useful reference sources on the web, and it is certainly the largest. And do you want to know what's on at your neighborhood theater? This site is the place to look. Just plunk in your postal code and voila, the movie's playing near you. It has a great searchable database as well. Password, enter. Okay, time for the top sites of the week. New to the web this week, the Canadian Opera Company. The site provides information on productions in the company's past, current, and forthcoming seasons, as well as online ticket buying and seating information. We mentioned this site a couple of weeks back, but it is well worth repeating because it is not just a website, it's an adventure. The 1997 Alpine Ascent's international team is climbing Mount Everest. There are daily dispatches, photos, and even virtual reality pictures of the mountain. And speaking of adventure, here's another flight into the imagination. From this site, you can join pilot Linda Finch's tribute to Amelia Earhart. On March 17th, pilot Finch embarked on her adventure, taking off from Oakland to recreate and complete Earhart's heroic expedition circling the Earth in her restored Electra Taney. Okay, write down our address, www.baton.com forward slash webmania.htm. You'll find the scripts and hot links to all of the sites we mentioned tonight. And if you want to drop us a line, here's our address at Baton. Until next week, this is Ken Shaw, BBS News.
Menthalyptus with vapor action. Hey, that's strong. That's vapor action. It penetrates deep to make your nasal passages feel clearer. And Halls cools your throat to help your cough. You're a terrific relief mad person. <laughs> Halls Menthalyptus with vapor action in cherry and honey lemon, too. Join now at 78 rates at Chicago Health Clubs. Because midnight, January 31st, the cost of reducing increases. Now's the time to make that new you resolution before rates increase midnight the 31st. Trim those holiday leftovers down to size with progressive resistance exercise. But do it now while you can still join at 78 rates. Join Chicago Health Clubs before rates increase midnight, January 31st. Last two weeks. Where will you be when your mouthwash stops working? Surprise! Gosh! Bad breath, honey. But I used... Should have used Listerine. Listerine works hours longer than the number two mouthwash. While Listerine will not help prevent colds or sore throats or lessen their severity, Listerine's strong formula keeps your breath clean for hours. It kills the germs that can cause bad breath. Great party! The best! Listerine antiseptic. You can bet your breath on it. This is Field Communications in Chicago. Thrilling action and suspense when Steve Austin uncovers the secret of his father's mysterious death on The Six Million Dollar Man, tomorrow night at 6 on Channel 32 WFLD, Chicago. Now it's time for the classic comedy of the Three Stooges on Channel 32.
says you're feeling bad and blue. Why, then I know just where. I know just where. You'll forget your care. Forget your care. Just come with me and you will be a kid again. And you'll find what a fellow needs if you take the path that leads down by the old apple tree that's the only place to be you'll surely find the gang all there each day when school is all done there's bound to be some fun getting ready for swimming someone yells women hey cheese it and away you run it's there you read captain kid want to do the things he did and as a pirate sail across the sea but before you get a chance to cross the foam your mom comes and chases all the pirates home down by the old apple tree Look at the apples. Somebody take the tree. Now let's climb up and get them. Yeah, come on. Oh, boy, if we only had a sack. Now stuff them in around your waist. Hey, what you doing up there in my apple tree? Well, we might be playing marbles, but we ain't. Come down out of that tree, gal, darn you. I haven't fixed you. Ah, come up and get it. Oh, gee, he's coming up. Let's soak him with apples. Atta boy! Hey, stop it, stop it! Oh, a pip right in the eye! <laughs> hey, anybody got any more? No, we threw them all. <laughs> Much obliged, boys. That saves me the trouble of picking them all. <laughs> well, can you beat that? Down by the old apple tree. School is letting out, see the gang all run. Down by the apple tree, there's going to be fun. Percy promised us if we were good today, he's going to teach all the fellas how to crochet. Skinny reads a book that gives you a thrill. It's all about a fella named Buffalo Bill. You get so excited that you nearly bust when 17 redskins bite the dust. You're late going home, someone yells, what's that? Gee whiz, I never saw such a pretty cat. You go to pet it, but you stop because it's not the kind of animal you thought it was. That night, just as the pale moon rose, you have to go out and bury your clothes down by the old apple tree. Showing the same old repeat, Ashley is a man. Grab a mic. There it is. There you go. 
One of Britain's greatest living character actors, Mr. Oliver Reed. Welcome to the show. Or I should say, uh, Ollie, really, shouldn't I? No, that's nice. No, in, when I was in the army, my name was Corporal Reed 23324533. What's that? Bird shit. Oh, so you still got the old tattoo from your national service days. Most things I have in my life include, including the assuasions. Mm. I think I'm still wearing your demob suit here. Yes, as well. we're going to be. Well, well that's <laughs> apparent. <laughs> now, uh, throughout your life, you've had a reputation, you know, in like films as being a bit of a rebel and a bit of a brawler and everything. When did you first get that reputation? I suppose uh, I grabbed that when I was learning... <laughs> when I was... When I was learning a mo, a mass, a mat, a mama, a mat, a mant. I love, they love, pugilo, a lot of the things, a lot of the things that happened in a very private school that I lived I went to a school that was full of dunces, and they suddenly started to... I don't know. I mean, the thing is, uh... Be funny. Hey, no, let, me, let me tell you something. When you went to a private school it, during the war, it was a school whose father was not dead, or he was full of counsel. Hmm. So it's tough times. Listen, we did something, because we, we wanted to see you no, I'm not work. talking about your football score. I'm talking about the war. Mm-hmm. We, we actually wanted to show you this, right? This was your manager's idea, I ought to add. Gosh, that was a surprise. <laughs> Why? I'll tell you what, Sunshine. There was not too much surprise when I was in there in the 50s. In it? That when I was in the cake and there are a lot of people up there that would like to sing rock and roll. Because I'm a rock and roll singer, you Oliver, know. Oliver, did you know, did you know that we were spying on you? Would I know anything, madam? We thought that you were just being a gentleman. <laughs> we just had to keep tabs on you in case that you were going to be too crazy for the show. But you're not. Are you? Strangely enough, there is a... There is always a little bit of madam. Keep your eyes to the wall, my darling, while the gentlemen ride by. And there's a great mystery in life. Nobody's really supposed to know, especially on the word. Keep your eyes to the wall. So youth, youth has an amazing thing. It doesn't matter whether the bucks or the girls down here keep horses to the wall. I, I mean, Oliver, no, no, we're going to give you your moment in a minute. <laughs> I hear you're a heterosexual. <laughs> I'm also right. In like those sort of rare moments of sobriety and everything. I mean, like on After Dark, when you walked in into the dressing room uh, looking for the feminist writer Kate, Kate Miller and said, uh, "Where's the bull dyke?" Do you uh, kind of have feelings of regret about saying things like that later no, on? No, a lot of them supported me in the Navy. You know about the Wrens. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, oh. Oliver, you said that you were a rock and roll star, and I want to hear a burst of wild thing. The only way that you can do it. No, well, strangely enough, the funny thing about this record was that uh, it started a long time ago with... Higgins and I, I made a film, film, 
from my head. I made a thing called Wild Thing. Which strange enough, it was made by Pi, with Ray Horrocks, who was the producer, long time ago, before you were all born. And, and that's nothing wrong with that, because I think there's a lot of enthusiasm. Well, Shut up, I haven't finished yet. <laughs> I know you got pretty lots, I just, lots, I just, I just want you to sing for us, all. We've not got Reg Presley what? in the Trogs for you, but we've got no, some great you, lads from the... Uh, what did you say? We haven't got Reg Presley in the uh, Trogs for you, but we've got Ned's Atomic Dustbin out there who want to accompany you on Wild Thing. And, and, and you've, got, you've got your jacket left from the Leather Boys. Thanks for coming on. I hope you're going to finish on a song. That's what they always say, don't they? Put your hand at me, boy. <laughs> Grab Cheers. that microphone and sing that song. Brilliant. Get your microphone and let the players out. Domino at the wheel, spelled by cigarette. Me and Melina Marie low in the back seat. Do you know, Domino? Have you met cigarette? Oh, Melina, especially Melina, kind of a dreamer. From Mesa Linda. Cigarette, dark as night. 
Well, I should love your daughter, Domino. 
cigarette His real name was Alouette Cherry St. Helena Girl of French descent Who left St. Louis and met Lena Across the borderline If beauty's in the beholders I must have been in mine Cause when I saw Melina With you on either hand Why well, something in my heart Stood and played Strike of the This was not the time or place to fall into romance But I fell into three that night and not one Stood a chance in cigarette dark as night Neither an alligator moon Domino white as pill Simon perfect too Melina like a sunbeam in an ivory fray Melina I remember your name Domino with cigarette alongside By something in my heart and said I'll take that ride But then I saw Melina like the sun beaming a bright Hey Melina, I remember your name Melina, from a cylinder About an hour and a half from a royal hunter Melina, from a cylinder Well, I should love your daughter
Score like a sinner. Sleep like a saint. Exactly the richest part of the town, but they never 